0: Joining us this morning, if you would stand, we'll get, uh, continue with our song service. Matthew chapter 11, verse number 28 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Be thankful for the fact that we can have rest today.
1: Uh, Preston, would you open us in a word of prayer, please?
2: Join us in singing hymn number 31, He Lives. The stand. Once again, we'll sing hymn number 149, Trusting Jesus.
3: I prayed a thousand prayers, but still the answer hasn't come. And a thousand hopes left broken have left you all but none. I can't begin to tell you why he's asking you to wait. But here in the silence, keep holding on to faith. Cause the God I know Can still move mountains The God I know Still calms the raging sea He holds you safely in His arms And He won't let go That's the God I know God.
2: God, amen. That stands. We sing hymn number 170. Hallelujah! What a savior!
4: today man I tell you from uh, the congregationals that we were singing uh, I hope that that you pay attention to the words that we're singing man what what great promises are ours and and when we get to sing about it just just fortifies us and so I I hope that it's been as big a blessing to you as it has been to me Hebrews chapter 2, Hebrews chapter 2,
1: Hebrews chapter
4: 2, I'm going to preach today a message that I've entitled, The Importance of Jesus Humanity, The Importance of Jesus Humanity, and um, we you think about Hebrews chapter 2, and we think about it in relationship to chapter 1, chapter 1, uh, we find uh, Jesus uh, is, it's talked about that he's superior to the angels, and then we come to chapter 2 to find the argument as to how Jesus, being in the form of man, or the humanity of man, how that he could remain greater than the angels in his human body and so it's going to it's going to get a little deep so just stay with me okay it'll be well worth our time together Hebrews chapter 2 if you found that and you can stand with me in reverence to the reading of the word of God I'm going to begin back in verse number one therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and the gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come whereof we speak, but one in a certain place testifieth, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou uh, visitest him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor, and didst set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in the subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Lord, we love you today, and we thank you for this time to come together in your house and to worship you. Lord, I pray that I might just be a conduit in your hands to bring forth the truth of your word, those things that You've allowed me to study and to think on these this week, Lord. I pray that you'd let me convey them in a way that that would be used in the lives of those that have gathered here today, Lord, that uh, you would use your word in our lives and our hearts to mold us to be more like you, or maybe if there's some that are lost here today, they might come to a saving knowledge of you. Lord, just uh, meet with us here today, we'd ask for a working of the Holy Spirit, and our lives and in our hearts and our presence, God, that your will might be done. And we thank you, God. We thank you for the fact that Jesus was willing to leave the glories of heaven and to come to the earth and to suffer persecution and, and shame and then to be crucified upon the cross of Calvary. They're dying and shedding his blood for the remission of our sins, that heaven might be our eternal home. And there are no dark days ahead of us when we think about the fact that heaven's going to be our eternal home. And Lord, I pray that we'd be faithful to witness and tell others about what Jesus has done. Meet with us here today. Have your will in our lives and our hearts. And might you be honored and glorified through it all. We ask these things in your blessed name and all the people said, amen. You may be seated. So we're thinking about the humanity of Jesus. And we begin uh, there in verse number 5 where we read, For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak, but one in a certain place testifying, saying, What is man, that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man, that thou visitest him? And thou madest him a little lower than the angels, thou crownest him with glory and honor, and it sets him over the works of thy hands. And so we know that Jesus came to this earth to be born of a virgin, to take on a human body. He's human because God had put the world in subjection to man, not angels. Okay, Uh, Psalms chapter 8, verses 4 through 6, we read, What is man that thou art mindful of him? the son of man, that thou visitest him. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands, and thou hast put all things under his feet. Man, in his relationship to God, he's been placed under the angels. The angels are in the presence of God. They get to worship God continually. They get to be there in his presence and yet we find that he created man to be lower than the angels, but he's crowned him with a glory and with an honor. And we have the honor honor and dominion that we, that we might be over the works of God's hands. We're here to have dominion over this world. That's what he tells Adam and Eve there in the garden, that they are to have dominion, that they are to take and to, to rule this planet that God has given them. Uh, and so we see that uh, it's not all done. For he has not put the world to come, of which we speak, in subjection to angels. But one testifieth in a certain place, saying, For in, in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. He has uh, not put the world to come in subjection to angels. God never gave angels that kind of dominion that man originally had over the earth, there in Genesis chapter 1, 26 through 30 where we read, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed, which is upon the face of the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree-yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat, to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. So the divine purpose of the world is that man, not angels, were going to rule it. So what is man? That's a quotation we read from Psalms 8, 4 through 6. What is man? It shows, I just want to share that again so it's fresh in our mind. What is man, that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man, that thou visitest him, thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands, to put all things under his feet. So what is man? There's both the smallness of man in relation to the God of creation, and then the dominion that God gave to man, even though he's lower than the angels. You hath he made a little lower than the angels. In chapter 1, the writer of Hebrews brilliantly demonstrated for the scriptures the deity of Jesus and his superiority over all angels. How he demonstrated the humanity of Jesus from the scriptures and applies the implications of Jesus' humanity. Then God in chapter 2 says, I have put all this under man that he might rule that that is here. You know, there was a uh, quoting here, "It's biblically wrong to think of Jesus as merely God or merely man. It's wrong to think of him as half God or half man, or any other percentage split. It is wrong to think of him as a man on the outside and God on the inside. The Bible teaches that Jesus is fully God and fully man. Does that kind of baffle some people? Sure, I don't understand it. But you know, there's a lot of things about the Bible I don't understand. But the same faith that saves me is the same faith I put in the fact that if God said that Jesus came to this earth and he was fully God and he came to this earth and became fully man, I can accept that. I can, I can accept that. Uh, it says that human nature was added to his divine nature, and both natures existed in one person, Jesus Christ. Uh, that uh, baffles my mind, but it does also help me understand how that God wants me to live. God wants me in my human body to bring the spiritual side of my life and turn it over to him and allow him to live through me that I might in many ways experience what Jesus patterned for us when he came to this earth. I'm a 100% man, born into this body that God has given me, but my life is not here. Hallelujah. I'm passing through. I'm going someplace better. And my job as a child of God, with the help of the Holy Spirit, anybody just want to thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit, with the work of the Holy Spirit in my life, is that I might be filled with him. Brother Steve touched on it in our Sunday school class this morning about how we are to allow the Holy Spirit to live in us and through us. And the closer we get to the Holy Spirit, the less we care about the things of this world and the more that we become minded about the world to come and the fact we're going to spend eternity with Him. But I'm afraid today that many people are more worried about this world in which they live than the one to come. They're more worried about investing in the things that are here and the cares of this world and how they might appease themselves while they're here. Never, taking, never even taking time to think about the fact that this is the temporary. This is the eternal. And as I'm walking this life here, my focus needs to be on the eternal and not on the temporary. The temporary will take care of itself. It's what I must do as I make my passage to the eternal, and I need to keep my focus upon him, and I need to pray, and I need to ask, Lord, make me more like you. Therefore, the study of the word of God is important. Prayer is important. Memorizing and meditating on the word of God is important. Implying those things into my life is important. We think about this teaching about being fully God and fully man. Back in the early First century, there was a false teaching about Jesus in the days of the early church that did not deny that he was God, but it denied that he was really human, and said he only seemed to be human. Heresy was called Docetism, coming from ancient Greek word to seem. There's still probably many today who would say, "Well, you know, I don't know. It, it just, you know, it's hard to understand that." God is the spirit, and yet God took upon himself, man, it just doesn't seem feasible or plausible, and so many today would even be uh, turned around with this type of thinking, but we need to realize that he was 100% God and 100% man as he was here upon this earth and today. He left nothing that is not put under him. The writer emphasizes The point that God put all things under subjection to human beings. All things, not some things, but all things. This shows that Jesus must be human because God gave this dominion to humans and Jesus exercises this authority. So it brings me to the second point. There are only two points, so you can get excited about that, but I wouldn't because I've seen all the notes that come after the second point here. The humanity of Jesus was the first point. The second one is a problem and its solution. I don't mind having problems as long as I know there's a solution. Okay, some of you just like to sit and have problems, I guess. I like to have the solution. If I know there's something that I can do to fix this, it'll be okay. Uh, and so something breaks down and I look at it and I consider, can I fix this? If not, it goes in the trash. I can fix it, I'll buy a part, whatever, put it in, fix it, and go back to using it and servicing that. And so here's a problem and a solution. Hebrews 2, verse number 8b through 9. And so the latter part of of Hebrews 2, 8, well, actually, it's kind of centered there. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. And so uh, as we live in this life, we realize that not all things are done yet. Not everything is, is through, okay? We know as we've read the book, amen, that, that things are going to come to pass and then all things will be under his feet past the millennial reign. The millennial reign will be great. It'll be a thousand years that Jesus will rule and reign here upon this earth. But that's not all of it. There, it comes to that new heaven and new earth there at the very end. Verse 9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Now, most people would say, Jesus died, and because he died, he lost. But we know that's not true, right? Because we know the entire story. Jesus died because he's the winner, and because he's the winner, we also will be the winner. Because Jesus died, they buried him, Satan thought he had won. Three days later, he comes forth with the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He comes forth, and I'll be honest with you, when I get to heaven, I can't wait for the great white throne judgment. I'm going to push my way to the front, because I want to see death, hell, and the grave cast into the lake of fire. I'm tired of death. I'm tired of the fact that that I have to bury loved ones. I have to see loved ones die. I'm tired of investing in people that I know or that I've met. I'm tired of investing in lives and, and seeing them not come to the point where they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and they die, and they're going to a Christless eternity. And that bothers me that I know people who go to a Christless eternity by the way, it should bother all of us.
1: If you, you, you I
4: can, I can, In my humanity, I can understand if someone's wronged you or if someone's been a vile, wicked individual, I can understand how we might think they're going to get their ju- just re- desserts. But what about sweet little grandma? Never hurt anybody. But unless she asks Jesus Christ to be her Lord and Savior, she faces the same outcome as that vile, wicked individual. I'm tired of death. I'm tired of hell. I'm tired of it. I'm glad that one day it's all going to be cast away. I'm glad one day we'll be in the presence of our Savior forever. That's a wonderful thing to grasp and 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 hold on to. And as we look at difficulties through this life, let's keep our eyes on Him.
1: But now we do
4: see yet all things put under Him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that He, by the grace of God, might taste death, for everyone, what a promise. He tasted death for everyone. Not a few, but everyone. But we see Jesus. The promise is fulfilled in Jesus, who is Lord of all. Through Jesus, man can regain the dominion originally intended for Adam. Revelations one six four says, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Revelations 5.10 says, "Has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign over the earth. And Matthew 25.21 says, his Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things, and I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Oh, that we might gain our focus and our, our mind, that we might set upon the fact that this life and that I'm living now is so temporal. And Jesus left the glories of heaven and came to this earth, and he took upon himself 100% man, that he might be tempted in all points, like it, as we are, and yet prove himself and then be crucified and die and rise again on the third day and set an example for all believers that we don't have to live under the weight of this world, but we can keep our eyes focused upon him and we can live for his honor and for his glory and we can make an impact. I mean, we we stop and we think about, man, Jesus had made an impact on our world. Whether you like him or not, he did. The historians write about Jesus. He made an impact.
1: Are you going to make an impact? If you make an impact,
4: are you making it for the right reason? I want to make an impact, and be honest, I don't care if that's ever acknowledged anywhere, but I want to make an impact for the cause of Christ. I I don't want to waste my life trying to make an impact in this material world that is so temporary. I want to make an impact for the cause of Christ that is going to affect the the outcome of eternity for those around me. So there are many things that we'll not understand until we see Jesus. Amen? The answers to life's most perplexing questions are not found in asking why. Why? The greatest answer is who? And that's Jesus. He's the answer. Some wish that they might truly see Jesus with their natural eye instead of the eye of faith. Yet sight is very frequently used in Scripture as a metaphor and an illustration and a symbol to set forth what faith is. And faith is the eye of the soul. It is the act of looking unto Jesus. Spurgeon said that. It is the act of looking to Jesus. I wonder how long it's been that maybe you sat down with your Bible and having devotions and and you're sitting there thinking, before you read your Bible, God, would you let me see Jesus in your word today? God, would you let me just see him maybe as I go to church and as I hear the preaching of your word and I I see the lives of other believers, God, would you let me see Jesus? Do you know as much as we want to see Jesus, there's a world out there that needs to see Jesus? They need to see that there's something different in our lives. They need to see that there's, there's something attractive about what Jesus has done in our hearts. We were out to eat a... A place that we frequent some and this lady comes up and she goes to my wife said your husband's a pastor isn't he and she we'd grown to know her for a little while she goes yeah she goes I don't know where he pastors but I want to come to your church because he reminds me of a pastor I had when I was younger and I'm thinking small impact but an impact right and that's the way our life should be. And I can give you times over and over through, through different things, of working with men and so forth, where people have come up and said, I don't have the answers, but I think you would have them. And listen, I don't have them. best thing I can do is point them to Jesus. Jesus has the answers. Jesus is the one that can help us in our time of need. What do we need to see? We need to see Jesus, and we need to be good reflectors of Jesus, and we need to show the lost world around us that Jesus is the answer, and He has the answer for them. We need to look to Jesus with the eye of faith. And as imperfect as our vision of faith may be, look unto Him who is perfect. See Him who is the one who loves sinners and died for them. I don't know about you, but probably one of the hardest things for me is the get started part of trying to witness to somebody. I find it easier to make friends and then through that friendship develop to then talk about Jesus. The hardest thing for me to do is is turn it cold, you know, from a cold start to just wanting to give Jesus. And so I have to pray, God, help me to see these people as you see them and then give me the words to say, and then give me the boldness to say them, right? We need to see the one who loves sinners and died for them. We need to see him who is our savior. We need to see him as our master. We need to see him as our friend. We need to see him as our forerunner. We need to see him as our healer. We need to see him at work. We need to see him at home. We need to see him out and about, not just here at worship times, but Jesus needs to go with us everywhere. And Then in turn, we need to share Jesus with those around us. Who was made a little lower than the angels. That's a phrase that kind of baffles me when I think about where Jesus was. There in the throne room of God angels all around and he left all that glory to be made lower than the angels but as he took on the humanity of man with God still that God's side of him still alive and well he didn't give up position as much as he just took a position a little lower that he might impact mankind so that they might be saved. God gave man dominion over the earth. but man forfeited his power, not his right or authority to take dominion through sin, but the sin did come and paid a price and required a price. And then Jesus came and through his humility and suffering, he defeated the power of death and made possible the fulfillment of God's promise that humans will have dominion over the earth and fulfilled both through Jesus' own dominion and the rule of the believers with him, as we'll read in Revelations. Jesus will come and establish his kingdom, and we will rule and reign with him, be crowned with eternal glory and honor. And we, as children of God, need to do our part to impact this world around us. This world doesn't need a, a great president. This world doesn't need a great army. This, this world doesn't even need an answer to the inflation. They're going to get that, okay? It's all going to happen. This world's just going to get in a worse and worse mess. Christians are going to go out in the rapture. The Antichrist is going to pop up on the scene. He's going to have all the answers for all the world's problems. But people need is Jesus. That they get to go in the rapture that they don't have to stay to go through the punishment that starts in the tribulation. We need to share Jesus. Jesus came, left the glories of heaven, died in our stead that heaven might be our eternal home. And we need to share Jesus with those around us. Lord, we love you today. Thank you for your word. Pray your will be done in our lives and our hearts that you might be honored and glorified. Ask these things in your wonderful, most precious name. Amen. Would you stand with me today? Decided to follow Jesus. God spoke to your heart. Encourage you to come. Whatever you need. Brother Foster.
2: I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided.
4: Um, Brother Potts come with our announcements. I would mention uh, that today uh, we are having for lunch a potato bar and we got some chili and other things. And so the ladies will be setting that up. Say, I didn't bring anything. That's okay. Uh, these Baptist ladies, I'll guarantee you there'll be food left over at the end. And so you just plan to stay and have some good fellowship. And then we'll have one o'clock service uh, this afternoon. So we'd encourage you to stay and enjoy that time with us. Uh, so when we dismiss from here, we'll make our way out there, and then um, as we get everything together, we'll stop, have a word of prayer, and enjoy lunch together.
5: Oh, <laughs> uh, a couple things. A uh, couple's retreat coming up in February, uh, the 16th, 17th, or eighteenth, down in Branson. Um, Get signed up online. That's individual responsibility for you to get a place to stay as well. Also, church business meeting coming up on Wednesday, January the 25th. Uh, Ladies meeting will be January 26th at 7 o'clock here at the church. And Miss Pam Quinlan will be the special speaker for that. Um, Also, year-end giving receipts um, for 2022 for taxes. Brother Anderson will be passing those out. I've done a lot of them today, I think, already. Uh, Also, Missions Conference, that's right around the corner uh, for 2023. Uh, We'll have the Parker family uh, from Japan and some other folks from Cambodia and the Marinos from California. (laughs) All right, they'll also be uh, here as well. And then uh, the Ladies' Meeting uh, will be hosted on February the 23rd at 7 p.m., And we'll have more details to follow. Uh, Brother Jim, can you close us in prayer, please?